0: Hey everybody and welcome to an episode of Why Are You Here? It's a podcast that I'm doing with the Right Reverend Don Abshire, and uh, we're here today. And we've been talking for a while, and I'm excited. You've been getting some uh, some clarity on what we're going to be talking today, Don. And so, why don't you? Uh, why don't you? What do you have for us? Well, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, to kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, so we don't lose focus about really what I felt like the Lord wanted to accomplish in these first stages of this podcast. Right. And what, and, and it's thing, I realize that things are going to change over it all. There's, I've got a lot of ideas <clears throat> and, you know, I, I've, I've thought many times, okay, what, why are you here? Is it, will that be always be the theme? Uh, I, I think so. But then, does it always have to be like what I've been doing? And then you can't do something else. Like in other words, I I, I love it. Like uh, I, and I want to tell everybody: uh, the, stay tuned uh, here in the next uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to sit down with Grant here, right there. You see him, and we're going to talk about his life coming to Jesus. Um, and that the kind of the trail that leads up to him being a pastor and like, not the entirety of what that totally means, because that takes a long time, but the, the thing about getting people to be able to share their story in just a few moments, I think is vital for every one of us that, that we're capable of talking to, to, to somebody just sitting at a uh, diner counter, right. Uh, or a bus stop or whatever the case may be, which I've talked about before. I, I think it's vital. I, I think that's what I was taught early on. Uh, when I came to the Lord was as I had some older, older gents telling me that, uh, you know, that one gent in particular told me and a few other guys were all there talking to him. And he, he talked about being able to sit down on a park bench and have five minutes. And where are you going to be able to tell people about, uh, how important that accepting Jesus was, right? And I, I think we all kind of chuckled at that. that Man, how in the world are you going to do that in five minutes? But it doesn't take much to ask somebody, like, what do you think about what's going on in life? And then being able to learn how to stop them in the midst of, when I was three years old, uh, you know, and then you kind got to go through their whole life story. But just the, the the concept of what's going on right now. So if you're sitting on a park bench, then it, it, it takes a little bit, you know, to get somebody to say, what, what do you think about what's going on? And they might come up with a, you know, they don't like this president or they like the old president or they don't want any president or they, they don't care about whatever's going on. But those are all things that it's our right to talk about. But being able to give an answer for that and I, cause I can say every one of those situations, I can return the that thing. Once I let them stop talking, right? Let them do their thing. And then that, in just a few moments I can say, you know, man, I used to feel like that a lot, a lot. Like I didn't care about what's going on. I don't think I voted until I was, I don't know, 40 years old or so. I didn't know it was that, that very important. And I'm not even saying that it's really vital right now. It's like, a, like my life bread. But I, I think it's important that we have the privilege to do that. You know, we, we live in a free society, so so to speak, right? There are a lot of things about that. But I think there's something about that that changed my thinking. And that's when I, I became a Christian. I, I think that being afraid to say that in a conversation is a big deal, right? Uh, don't you think that, Grant, you got that we tend to, like. Well, if I say I'm going to be, I'm a Christian, then somebody's going to look at me and go, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want about God. I don't want to hear about stuff like that. Well, this is okay. Why can't they have that opinion? Just because it just doesn't mean that I can't though. And I think in that, oh, I said, no, I get that. I get that too. Cause I, I didn't care. At some point I didn't care. And so I, I, I want to go back a little bit and think about the things that some of the stories that I've, spoken about in these last, I I think this is about the seventh or eighth one that we've done uh, in this all. Uh, We're going to try to rearrange it so that we'll actually know and have numbers on them. So you can go back, I want to do number two and I want to look at number five or whatever the case may be. But I realized in it all, I starting out in this where the Lord really started speaking to me was about King David trying to get the ark into Jerusalem. And in doing that, he he made he he made one massive mistake, uh, and I think he he is the guy that uh, some people say. Well, you know that that's really awful because what he did was is he he took and he built a brand new cart, uh, which was really what the Philistines actually had brought the ark. They stole the the uh, ark uh, during a battle. They got it. <clears throat> kept it at their place. And then, you know, everything was going crazy there. And they thought we got to get rid of this thing, man. Let's give it back to the, to the Israel, to Israel. And so they put it on a cart. They sent it back to them. They got it. Long story short, um, they, it was at this particular place, David went and got it. He built, built a new cart. He put it on the cart and they had about 30,000 people behind it. Yelling, screaming, singing, playing instruments, all these things. And, there was one moment where one of the guys, two brothers that were on this cart and one of the guys was walking on the ground and it, they hit a pothole. The cart did. And the thing started to kind of tilt. And so this guy, as I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that the right way, us or use or one of those like that things, um, Charlie, he, he took his hand and he put, he put his hand up to just steady the arc. But David David had missed that boat, and I think he knew about it, but he missed it. That that was not supposed to happen. First of all, the ark was to be carried by people, right? Not a cart. It had to be carried on poles. There needed to be these poles that Dick's up, and if you look at old movies, you can see them carrying kings and the the queens and all that stuff on these things, and da 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 da. da right the but there was a thing that the Lord specifically said, this is the way it's to be carried. No, no other way. And so that guy steadied it, and he touched the ark. And you can't touch the ark unless you're a priest, basically, right? Did, did you know that all of us are priests? <laughs> I love that, right? I could, you know, if the ark was sitting here right now, that Grant, you and I could touch that thing. We can look at it and go, wow, this is so far out. We know the story behind this and what went through it. And it's not about Raiders and the Lost Ark, right? It's not that. Um, I think they somebody read the scriptures in that, in that movie, right? They did. They saw something about that, the power that was in the ark. They they, they recognized it. So they wrote a story about it. And we put it in a movie, and and there you go, you get to go watch it. It was exciting. And all that stuff. But the reality is, is more, is that I want to carry the presence of God very gently. That is, that's, I want to go back and I want to touch that. And all of these stories that I said, I think that is the, one of the words is the being gentle with the spirit of the Lord. Right? Right? I don't need to be lambastic. I don't need to be screaming and yelling. I don't need to be crying. I don't need to be laughing. I don't need to be doing anything. I just need to be very aware that being gentle with the presence of God, because in that, that's how I'm going to hear what the Lord has to say. That's that's vital in all of this. So because of that, David, he got, got mad because the, the Lord killed him right there on the spot because he touched the ark. David got mad and goes, what? oh, man, what's going on? What's going on? And then he said that he went right away. He went to being, I'm afraid of God right now. He said, the fear of the Lord set on him. And he he didn't know what to do exactly. So he left the ark with a at a gentleman's house and his kids, a guy named Obed Edom. They left it there. Uh, not a Jew, but just a guy left it in his house. And it was there for like three months. And that place, that guy was blessed. Everything that he did, man, just blossomed. And, uh, of course, I think they all heard about that. We don't read a whole lot about that part of it. But at the same time, David went back to get it, and he knew what to do. He went back to the scriptures. He saw what it was supposed to be like. So he got it. They got the poles. They got it up, put the ark on it, and then they danced, and they killed like 85 million cows or whatever the case might have been, trying to get it back into the thing. And the story is a wonderful, wonderful story. It's a great story because – at one point you you see David before the ark all the way into Jerusalem, you see him dancing through the whole thing. <clears throat> For all of you very conservative folks, that don't think that you can move when you're in church, right? That it's, it's the only place that the only place that you can really be stiff is to be in church. But the reality is, is to be in church is that's to be with us. And if you and I were talking, you and Grant and I were talking in a place like that. And we heard about something good. It's kind of like the old thing, and you've heard this before. It's like you can go to a football game and scream all day long, right? You could be hoarse by the time you're done. You get out of there, you go home. But when you get to church, for some reason or another, we have to be civil. God's not the author of confusion. Um, He's a gentleman. You've heard that one, haven't you? He's a gentleman. He would never impose his will on you, or his, his you know, whatever he would like you to do, it would never make you look silly. <laughs> there are so many stories in the scriptures of silliness, of things that happen that you go like, well, that, that, that. and what we've done with all of those, not everybody, but some, have done with these is to go like, well, he doesn't do it that way anymore. He, he, he doesn't infect us like all of a sudden you say we can talk about viruses and diseases all day long but i'll tell you what having the presence of god in you the spirit of the living god it's it shakes you if you will let god do it he will shake you and that's what's really important and exciting let's be excited about this thing right and we're just talking about some things that are happening at unite and um this is a kind of a segue a blessing for Unite. Uh, a lot of great things are going on there. Uh, it's not a big, giant church. Uh, it could be at some point, but right now it's not. Right now it's a couple hundred people, uh, a little bit more than that, but ev- they're having fun more and more every Sunday. There's a lot of stuff going on. I just know that I was not there this past Sunday, which was yesterday. <laughs> I made it sound like it was 100 years ago. but yesterday. Uh, A lot of things happened. People were touched. People were prayed for. People got delivered from certain things. People got healed from certain things. People got excited about just recognizing the very person of Jesus again. People came to know Jesus yesterday in a personal way. So again, when I look at this story of David and bringing the ark into Jerusalem, it's like every time I think is that people come to church It's like, man, we're coming to see the ark and the presence of God. That's what we're doing. We're coming to see the presence of God move and do what he does, right? It doesn't mean that every week you're going to bring a tambourine and tambourine and everybody's going to dance up and down through the aisles. But when it does happen periodically, it's okay, right? If David could do it and dance before the ark in front of all of Israel, which his wife, when he got there, she was mad. She said, are you crazy or something? You took off all your kingly robes and you made a spectacle of yourself. You were dancing in your in your underwear of sorts, whatever that, what he wore underneath it. He wasn't naked, but he took off his kingly robes and she was bummed because the, he, that he did that. And he's like, are you kidding me? The 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 showstopper, the the important part of it all was that ark. I can just imagine him talking to her, man. I mean, what we don't read and thinking about, saying it was the ark. I was excited that we what was not had not been in the temple for so long. We had it. It was back. God's presence is what we desire. This is what we look for. So I kind of went out of that and I went into uh, some other stories and they went down to where I talked about Saul and Ananias and Saul going to Damascus to to blow up more Christians. And on the way, God spoke to him and he fell down to the ground and he went blind and he had to go to this room. And some guy named Ananias, some brother that we only hear about in this one thing in chapter 9 of the book of Acts, that we don't know who he was, and we don't know what he went where he went to or what happened to him afterward. But for a few moments in this day, he was told by God, having a conversation with God, to go in and minister to Saul. And he responded to God by saying, Do you know who Saul is? This this guy's he's bad news. I think he probably thought too, he said, if I'm going to go on there and say something, Jim, these guys are going to kill me. I I don't, I don't I mean this is insane. But the Lord did it. My point at that one was was to literally pull out whether it was Obed Edom or now it was Ananias. Is the moment, is there a moment that God requires something of you and you debate with him enough to where you don't do it? I think Ananias is a great story for you to read. To think he definitely thought this is not a good moment. <laughs> Let me go think about this. You think about that God. I'll go think about this and then we'll come back. He'll still be there blind. But doesn't, well, who cares, right? But at that moment, he was required to be obedient. And you know what? This Ananias, man, I mean, what a what a What an oak tree in the kingdom, man. What a, what a powerful figure this guy is. To this moment, he said, okay, Lord, I'll go. And then he got to go in and have a Holy Ghost session. He said, he's blind, so you're going to have to go pray for him. And he when he prayed for him, he got his sight back. He got baptized in the ghost. And For all of you that don't like that kind of terminology, it's okay, because I love it. I love it, man. I think thinking, like, did the ghost show up? That where we was the kingdom there in its power? And that's that's got to be with a great part of this all. Come on, Lord, let's do this. I want that moment, Father. I mean, that these old bones, Lord Jesus. Don't let them die out before I get to see you face to face here on this earth. I want to see it. I want to see it in other people's lives. I know there's going to be a day I'm going to see him face to face, but there's something going on so that we can see it happening in the people's lives. Like yesterday at church, they had church. It wasn't just like, uh, let's get together and we'll read and, you know, talk and sing a couple songs. no. It was like, let's show up. Let's cry out for the presence of God to show up. The ark was brought into the temple. Come on. I'm sorry. I get emotional. Then I'm not sorry. Because it is emotional. It is emotional what Jesus has done. What he continues to do. It is beyond the thought of like, okay, Lord, uh, I want you to do this like I want you to do it. -uh. No, I want you to do it the way you do it, Lord, because you are so much better than I am. So Ananias, Lord, I want that moment. I want to be able, if you tell me to do something, if you show me something, if you reveal something to me, just a little tiny bit, just a little bit, and I disagree with that. I think, is that you? You know how we do that, right? You know how you do when the Lord speaks to us. And then all of a sudden you go, is that, is that really you, Lord? You know I think? I mean, I think of this. This little thought comes in. And we think, well, how do people know words of knowledge? Or how do they know what people are thinking or whatever? It's because the Lord speaks to us, all of us. And that there's a way in which we might hear something. And if it sounds good, then it's, oh, well, cool, man, I can do that. But when it's a little bit off, right, or where I'm going to end up looking silly, <laughs> then all of a sudden we find all these restrictions coming in. Well, I don't know if that's the Lord. I mean, really, I mean, because if, if it doesn't work, and I say, "Hey, I think the Lord's saying this," and I think He's He wants to pray. I want. I, can I pray for you? I think He wants to heal you, or I want He wants to bless you. He wants to fill you up with His Spirit. Uh, this is awesome. So this moment becomes more than just one moment, little moment in each of our lives. It becomes moment after moment after moment after moment. So by the time we get to the next story and we start hearing about Mary coming to Jesus in front of a bunch of guys, getting this very expensive ointment, this oil, very expensive, a year's worth of money, of life that she'd been saving on, Didn't know what was going to happen, but when Jesus showed up, she knew it was close. Something was going on with him. So she took it in front of everybody, and she poured it over his feet, and she took it. She washed his feet, dried his feet with her hair, right? His feet with her her hair. How incredible, because all the people that were sitting around watching it, of course, we have some people from the proverbial peanut gallery going, well, we could have sold this, you know, and really taken the money and given to the poor. Did you know that Jesus saw himself as one of the poor? (laughs) That's why he, he wasn't afraid to hang out with sinners. He was ridiculed because of that. He hangs out with wine bibbers. He hangs out with people that they just don't know what we know. But Jesus, his life was given to that. I came to minister to those that need help. And you know what? A lot of poor folks need help. And you don't have to, you could have all the money in the world and still be poor. Because life, joy, doesn't come from the things we have. It comes from the relationships in which you're being cultivated. If you're married, it's with your wife, your husband, your children. If it's a job, it's because you do it unto the Lord. And you have joy doing it. And somebody is going to say, well, you don't know my job. And I say, I don't know. I've been in construction off and on all my life. And there's some really tough days, man, where I, I, I think just getting in my truck, the vehicle, trying to get home and being so sore, hurting, just bleeding from different places from being scraped and hitting my fingers with a hammer whatever the case might have been that I thought I don't know if I can do this right and then I'd go back to do it again because it was something the Lord gave me and I love it I love driving down the street now to this very day at this age of mine I can't do it I can't wear my nail bags anymore I said but I can't even get them around me. I think the, the belt won't work. But uh, but I can drive down the street and I see people just putting up housing, putting those, putting those wood, studs up and doing the walls and doing the, the roofs and doing all. I just I drive down the street every every time I see it, there's something in my heart, man jumps. Something goes, wow. Wow. And I realize it's the Lord building something. And the Lord's building that in me, and he's building that in you. So if it goes like even to that point where it's, it's, it's Mary washing Jesus' feet, to Lazarus being raised from the dead, to in particular this lady that had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was unclean, right? She heard about Jesus coming to town, and she thought, man, I'm, I'm going for this. Somebody uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine in California yesterday or day before, and he had brought up this point. He said, isn't it great that the Lord puts together things, stories and he writes them out and that they they how they coincide with one another? because you remember that Jesus had been across and he'd done these things over the gathering dig goods, all that stuff was gone. He's in the boat. He gets to this side. they all these people catch him. The jarius one of the the powers that be came up to him and said hey my daughter is really sick could you come and lay your hands on him well he was on his way to get to Jarius's house he was just walking there but all these crowd was just around him pushing on him thronging. and this says that they thronged him it's literally they were touching him pushing him. it must have been really hard to get anywhere right but he's on his way to Jarius's house and in that thing right there I thought he 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 brought this friend of mine brought up the point. He says, So isn't it great that Jesus kind of puts these stories together?" He says, "Because not only had, was she had she been uh, in this with this this blood thing going on for twelve years, but isn't it funny that the little girl was twelve years old? Just another one of those casual numbers that you don't know, think about. You kind of go, wow." That's right. So so he had like a 12-year issue of blood, and he had a 12-year-old little girl that, if you remember, after he had, that she had been healed, the, the lady, and they started going, that somebody came up from Jerry's house and said, we're sorry, but your daughter's dead. She died. And so and and there we go oh no 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 and he's hold on hold on jesus wait a second that's not that's not true she's not dead she's just asleep so now you can imagine people that actually saw her dead are hearing that uh one of those silly moments again where jesus does stuff that just doesn't make any sense right he's he's just being just being weird well even the disciples when the issue of a uh, blood lady Touched the hem of his garment. And he said, who's touched me? Uh, he'd, so he, he realized that power had gone out from him. That they all said, when he said, who touched me? They all went, his buddies, his friends. Went, Jesus, um, by the way, there's people everywhere. And they're all pushing on all of us. We're barely getting one foot to the next. And you're going to say all of a sudden somebody touched me? And Jesus go, yep. That's right. And that lady said, it's me. Her moment was, I've given everything. She said that she'd spent all of her money. She'd gone to all the doctors and none of it worked. But touching the hem of Jesus' garment, can you imagine doing that at home? going through some stuff and you just get on the kitchen. I don't know if you want you, the kitchen floor or the living room floor. I've done that before where something's going on really crazy and just lay down on the floor, flat out on the floor. I grab my Bible, and lay it in front of me and i try to read a little bit, but I just start crying and crying out to the Lord. Father, you got to fix this. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Now, somebody might look at that and say, well, again, again, going to get, it. can't be too dramatic. You know what I mean? That's a lot, you know, just, You know, I mean, you could just ask God very casually. You could sit at the kitchen table and, you know, and sit in a nice, comfortable chair and ask him. Yeah, you sure you can. But there's something about desperation. There's something about the last call. There's something about I can't do it anymore. There's something like, I don't know if I can handle this one more moment, but I heard that this guy's in town and all I have to do with him If I could just touch his garment, I can't touch him because I'm unclean, but I'll touch the hem of his garment and it'll be enough. And she was, she was healed. So in saying all this today, I want to encourage you for, as I've talked about a moment, just gathering together, gathering yourself into saying, I'm ready for the moment, Lord. What do you want me to do? Wake up in the morning and saying, God, here I am. It's another day. And you go like, man, I really, I've got a bum back. I've got a bum headache. I've got a this. I just, I'm not very happy. (laughs) And you forget about God until about 10 o'clock in the morning. You've had 13 cups of coffee, right? Uh, You've gotten past your first pile of papers on your desk, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden you go, oh man, that's right. Lord. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all this. I'm saying, get up in the morning before you get out of bed and say, Father, here I am. Lord Jesus, here I am. I'm here today. You got, got some moments for me? I want moments, Lord. Give me moments. I want that. I want to be able to, to talk. If if it's wherever it's at, I want to be able to be a part of it. So I want to encourage you again that um, that be aware of where the Lord is at all times. Don't don't shuck just reading your Bible, just for a few moments. Because I believe that if you start reading for a few moments here and a few moments here, you're going to start reading a, a few more moments and a few more moments, and, and you're going to start seeing things. And you go, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Because the Lord wants to inundate you with the uh, with his presence. He wants you to be absorb him, right? He wants it to be in your skin. He wants you to be able to do what you do at all moments to his glory. Isn't that a good deal? And I think that's what he does, in all these stories that we do—you know the stories. Learn these stories, get a hold of them, and then you'll—you'll you'll see they—they're just like your life. They're a part of who you are, right? You start thinking about. It. I'm thinking after all the 51 year, almost 52 now. That for me, I'm thinking all the time. I'm reading these stories again, and I'm going, "Yeah, man, I can see me. I've seen me crawling through the crowd." I'd be like more like a bull in a china shop, right? Than her, she's probably being really careful trying to get through there. But I'd be like, "Get out of my way! Come on, I got to get to him! I got to get to him! I got to get to him!" But that's the that's the key to this all. I got to get to him. What would you do? How would what extreme would you go to to get to Jesus? And that's what I want to do today. So, Lord Jesus, I want to pray and ask you right now that you would just unhook us from the realities of this world that tend to put us down, but to believe that you said you would lift us up when we seek you out. And so, Father, we commit our ways to you today. We commit our breath to you. We commit our thinking to you, Lord, that all things that you've called for us, all the things that you've created for us before the foundations of the earth will come to pass. We thank you for that, Jesus, and your mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening in. Lord bless you. How about that, Grant? That was a good one. Thank you, Don. And thank you all for listening. And we'll be back here next time with another episode of Why Are You Here? See you then. So long.